Welcome to Real Talk. I am Tina. And I am Anne. Well, this is a place where we get real. And today, that is exactly what we're going to do. You know, Tina, I always hear the phrase, you can hurt me, but don't hurt my kid. You know, Uh I mean, you're a mom. And when Mama Bear comes out, Look out. Yes, I feel the same way. I feel like it's our job as parents to help prepare our kids for times when they will have to handle certain situations. Not that I like that, but I do think it's our job to help prepare them. But no matter how much prep, when someone does something to our children and mama bear comes out, you better watch out. I always say I am and I and other people will tell you I am really, really kind. And I will tell you that I'll give you the shirt off my back. Until you cross me with my kid, you better look out. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm the exact same way. I become a completely different person. And, you know, I really am a, a mad mama bear right now. And it takes a lot, actually, to get me this mad. But I got to tell you, when it comes to my kids, like we said, that's what makes me the maddest. And I know our kids are always talking to us in cryptic messages, and we have to kind of decipher what they're saying most of the time. But sometimes we just miss it, and it just makes me so upset that I miss it. And our response gives them the wrong message, or maybe that we aren't listening, or that we don't care. And... I know that that's not what we mean, but we can miss things. And it is such a scary world out there. And sometimes our kids are screaming, I'm trying to tell you something. Do you hear me? And there is nothing more our children want than to know that we are protecting them, that they are safe. We keep our circle small. We only trust certain people to be with our kids, but sometimes the one hurting your kid is within your immediate circle. It's hard to protect our kids from everything, which really scares me. Mm. Yeah. And I'm so sorry to hear this. I know that you are upset right now and there is no worse feeling. You can't blame yourself though for, for missing this, especially when you are always so on top of it. I can though totally relate to keeping a small circle and thinking that you can trust people until the red flags start popping up. Yeah. I mean, you try, you try Mm -hmm. the best that you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Since kids don't say things directly, we really do have to watch for those small changes or maybe an acting out that wasn't there before. They can even be protecting the wrong person because they feel shame or guilt in a situation that they should not feel that. But I'll I'll tell you, being an abuser, a perpetrator, a protector of a perpetrator is a skill not to be admired. Mm -hmm. And it's not even admired within the jail system with the inmates. I have personally experienced it as an autistic individual, but if there is a room of 100 people and one of them is a perpetrator, they will sniff out the most vulnerable person in the room. Mm, That's scary. Yeah. I get that hurt people can hurt people Mm -hmm. and the source has to start somewhere. I really do believe in counseling and reform 
for people who have been hurt, who are hurting others. But in order to help someone, they have to admit what they are doing or what they've done. And in this case, it was a kid. So it's up to the parents to make sure their kid understands the severity of what they did and that it affected another kid for the rest of their life. And also, what was that kid saying? Because that kid has to be saying something. I mean, if a kid hurts another kid, it has lifelong effects. Yeah, it absolutely and heartbreakingly does. You know, someone close to us, I mentioned this a moment ago, was giving lots of red flags and what he was saying and his behaviors. And there's no track record of any perpetrator, so to speak. Um, however, all the red flags are going up and it's like, I'm just not going to take the risk. There's something really off here and you have to trust your gut. You really do. So our youngest son ended up getting really hurt on this person's watch. And while the accident wasn't their fault, every poor decision after that was, including a few days prior to the incident, something that was said that was so inappropriate that my husband and I decided that is it. Boundaries are up because it only takes one time, one time for something to scar someone forever, Amen. a child included. And we are not taking that risk with this person. And the best news is we have control over who sees our children. And that is a big deal. It really is. I mean, I'm going to share a really quick story that happened to me when I was a young adult or, and then get back to my son. But I was that person that was a brand new church coer. I didn't trust anyone. I had a life that caused me not really to trust that many people. And I really did not strike up relationships at that time. I was pretty, I would call myself a loner, except I really did have a best friend and some, you know, core people that I hung out with in my 20s. But I didn't trust anyone, say, over 40 or maybe even 35, and especially women. Uh, so long story short, because I want to get back to my son, my son. Um, I was that person in the room and an entire congregation of people where the abuser found me, got to me, got me to trust them and groomed me. Mm. And if, yeah, if you don't know what grooming is, I looked it up, um, which I mean, I know what grooming is, but the New York Times reported on grooming when talking about sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein mm. and his sidekick Ghislaine Maxwell. I think I'm saying her name right, but grooming, legal experts say, is a gradual process whereby an abuser wins the trust and cooperation of a potential victim, starting with interactions that seem normal and benign, like paying attention, like special attention to them or offering compliments and gifts. Now, when I started going to that church, I helped clean while I was going to college I had come from kind of a confusing life, a lot of chaos, and I had disabilities, and I was that kid in the room. You know, I still think of myself as a kid at that time, but I really didn't talk very much. So I was that that one of 100 in the room. 
Well, a certain person's radar found me and started the grooming process, like I was saying, and it took months and months, but I did start to trust them. And this person puts notes in my box at church, put candies in my mailbox at church, would just purposefully run into me in like the weirdest times, weirdest places, which is even scarier because mm-hmm. they were paying attention mm-hmm. where I was. And they would offer to do Bible studies with me to get me to get, you know, closer to me and get them me to trust them. And after quite a few months of them doing these things, I really did end up falling for it, for it and uh, completely let my guard down. Didn't see it coming. Same thing happened to my son with this other kid that I'm talking about. And this kid would come over and give my son toys and treat my other kid, um, kids in the family, because I have three kids, would treat my other kids actually mean, but would purposefully treat my one son really special. And um, we picked up on some of this mostly because we just thought he was treating our other kids mean, so we would correct that. We didn't really pick up on that they were purposefully treating one of my kids right, you know, really nice Mm -hmm. to groom him. But he was complimenting my son and going out of his way. So to make him feel special. This, I literally have goosebumps. It's giving me all the creepy vibes and I don't like it. No. And you know, you know, that's what I'm talking about, Tina, is that it just makes me so mad. And that it's a kid. You know, and it is, and you don't really see things like that when it's sometimes it's right in front of you. And we, like we said in earlier, we really watch who is around our kids and we really do keep our circles small for that reason. And it just makes me mad that we let somebody in that circle that we really thought that we could trust. Yeah. but well, anyway, like I said, I don't think I, I really don't think uh, you can blame yourself because you're so on it and we are human and we do make mistakes. But I do feel awful because the mistake, you know, that you didn't mean to make comes at the cost of, of your son. I, I just I hate the situation, you know. Yeah. And and he is lower functioning, which makes it even worse. So and he didn't come right out and talk about this later. I mean, without getting into too many specifics, we did find out what happened. Um, And as time went on, he did share more and more, even that day. Um, It didn't get very far that day because uh, yeah, I found out about it. I'm just going to put it that way. Um, But, you know, my other two, I found out that he had done things to them at another time and all of it just started unraveling. And I just was like, what, why didn't I know that this was happening? And, you know, it really does come down to sometimes I think that we are um, protecting the wrong people and they're afraid to tell. Yeah, I can, I can understand that to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, he normally is 
a trusting, fun, happy kid. And my son was already traumatized from past abuse before I adopted him. And, you know, that's another thing um, is that when kids are abused and that perpetrator, I don't care how young you are, they can pick up on it and they can sniff you out. I know that they can. Um, But what the kid did doesn't make me the maddest. The worst part is that the lack of ownership from his parents and sweeping what his kid did, what their kid did under the rug and not really listening to what these two kids were saying. My son told them what happened and it was ignored. Their son has been acting out for a while. And the question is, what is he trying to say? That's my question. They were ignoring what happened until I turned it over to authorities and I have been walking around scared to death of them when in fact I'm so mad that I'm ready to have that conversation if it happens. And now my son has behaviors and is it's affected him. And I can tell it's like something that's probably going to affect him for the rest of his life, unfortunately. This is what triggered my recent anger that recently we saw this boy And they acted like nothing. I mean, I just wanted to scream that they came around my son. And it's like, what do you do when they have never acknowledged what their son did and said, I'm sorry. And for what my kid did and recognize the severity of it. And we, and this is another part, is that we were just in a certain area of our city. And we were sitting in the storefront. And they saw us and purposefully came into where we were. Oh, there's so much I wish I had the answer to with what you are explaining. This is such a tough situation. Accepting an apology that you deserve that you may never get. And then let alone not even acknowledgement that something happened that shouldn't have is really, really hard. And I'm going to be the one to say it. It makes me question what's going on inside that home. What those those parents are doing, saying, practicing, teaching. And I think it, I mean, it makes me really, really uneasy. How I feel like I just, if I were them and I saw you in the area that you were purposefully came up to you. I mean, what, what are you trying to say to me? Like, yeah, be afraid of us because we're not afraid of you. I mean, what in the world I could, I, I just, first of all, I wouldn't do it. I I would have to, I would want to get my children help, but kind of signals to me that maybe the parents are unhealthy as well. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking that for a while And one of the reasons why I haven't talked about it in detail on the podcast is because, you know, I, I don't like to talk about things like this because, because I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't want to even hurt them, but I do want to make sure that people get the helps that they deserve to have. I mean, he's too young not to give the help that they need, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I got up and I left. I, I got my kids out of where we were. And cause I'm like, if you're going to come in where we are and kind of ignore the entire thing, 
then I'm just going to move my kids out. And plus, I think that this teaches, they're not teaching their son that, that they did something wrong. Right. And that, you know, you have to own it and, you know, create some space if that's what you're supposed to do, if you've done something wrong. But then, so I taught my uh, son, you know, this is what you do. Uh, if somebody is around you that you don't want around you, you right. get up and you leave and and you have that right to create that space. So if I wouldn't have forced some helps, nothing would have happened with them. And that's another thing. And of course, I'm the bad guy, I feel, because I did that. But I always say this, if my kid does something to another kid, they are going to own it, apologize, take the consequences, and get the help that they need. But what does it help to not admit that your kid has hurt another kid and they need help? Yeah, it doesn't. And I think it just goes back to the point I was making before. It makes me nervous what they're seeing inside their own home with their parents. There seems to be lack of accountability in that house. And that's scary. It's not being taught. So they're learning from what they see. And it seems like this family must stuff everything thinking, oh, it'll just disappear, go away. That's not the way to do it. You know, the best thing you can do is is what we did in our particular situation is just remember, you have control over who sees and spends time with your children. Now you know about that family, you have the upper hand, if you will, and you know, you can protect them now. Well, you know, it was, it's interesting, but when this happened, um, we pulled the mom aside and my son told her what happened and she did the boys will be boys thing. No, no, no. Yeah, she did. And that's when mama bear comes out. And I went, really? I mean, I got pretty upset. And then she started blaming other people. And I was like, okay, hmm, something's not right here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I ended up, like I said already, I turned it over to authorities. And, you know, um, you just know when there really is something else going on. And I'm not saying that it's happening in their house. I don't know what happened. I just know that something um, has happened and it, it is really scary. And, you know, and I don't want to not help this boy either. I want him to get help because I think, I think that, you know, that that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, um, I don't want to be mean or vindictive or anything. I mean, this is, this is a person and they genuinely need help. So that's how I am approaching it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just hard when the family doesn't think anything is wrong with what happened. And so then you kind of have to put your hands up in the air because there's nothing you can do at that point. But the thing you can do is protect your kids. Well, you know, problems when a child is, when when they do something and it it's small or even a big problem, big or small, the older they get, the worse the problem gets. It becomes bigger. Yeah, yeah. I I can totally see exactly what you are saying. And that's really the part that scares me about this. Yeah, you know, I was 
abused in my past, but it's different when it's your kid. It hits a different part of you. It is a different layer. Absolutely true. Mama bear, look out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've not really experienced that before to this degree. Um, And like I said, at the very beginning of the podcast, you know, I mean, you can hurt me, but when it comes to my kid, it just hits a different part of me. When we send our kids out there or when they are playing with others, you hope and pray that they're okay, that they're safe. You pray that others are not going to take advantage of them or hurt them in any way. And you want to give them the tools to suspect when something is not okay and not just walk away, but to run away from the situation. Yeah, I think it's our job as parents to sadly, I think, have to do that to give them the tools that they might need. Absolutely true. Hmm. Well, teaching them to not protect the wrong person and not to let the feeling of shame or guilt enter in stopping them from telling what the adults or kid in the room did. I mean, that's even scarier that they can keep a secret because they feel that they had some part in it or they feel they need to protect the one who did it because of their relationship with them. Or maybe they feel that they won't be believed, which is even sadder. Yeah. Again, back to being vulnerable. It just, it, it just disgusts me that anyone would need to take advantage of someone younger, you know, or less intelligent or however you want to phrase it. Um, The one thing my trauma counselor taught me, because you mentioned guilt and this kind of triggered a thought for me was she said, boundaries will always trigger guilt. So you, the boundaries are good. You know, when you have to set boundaries, that's, that is a healthy thing to do, but they will always come with guilt. And the goal is managing that guilt. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it, and there's nothing wrong with setting boundaries. No, sometimes it, you have to. And sometimes it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, it, it's definitely hard because the person you're setting boundaries against or the people are going to push back. And that's when you're going to get that guilt. But I don't have the magic answer of, well, how do you manage the guilt? Because I'm still working on it myself. But all I know is that that is something that we have to learn to do. Well, I guess that's one of the reasons why we can have small circles. And for the most part, you know, for the most part, trust the people within our small circle and be very cautious about who we let into that circle to begin with. And that's where the boundary starts instead of having a relationship with people and then having to set the boundary. So I don't know. But um, we have to pay attention to what our kids are saying, because most of the time it does not come out directly, unfortunately, and we have to believe them and we have to be their advocate. We will talk more about what our kids are telling us. We will also be covering 17 symptoms of PTSD, seven areas of complex trauma, and the three types of traumatic events in some of our Um, episodes coming up. But we have a quote. So would you like to read that, Tina? Yeah, it's a good one. It's every day in a hundred small ways. Our children ask, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do I matter? Their behavior often reflects our response. And that is L.R. Nost. Am I saying that correct? I don't know if it's Nost or Nost. Nost. 
K-N-O-S-T. I just thought I'd throw it out there. I'm a collector of quotes. So in case you were looking for the correct spelling and it's the gentle parent. And I do love that. I think it perfectly sums up what we're saying is we have to be open to listen and we have to be open to see what our children who do matter to us are trying to say. Um, you know, that it's it's like a complex puzzle sometimes, but I think that we, if, if I believe and I do that I am the parent for my children and that you are the right parent for your children and so forth, I believe that we will get to it and we will be able to get to the bottom of it. I loved this quote um, before we end. I just want to say I really love it because I agree with it so much that I think all day long with our kids that they're saying something and we have to figure out what it is. And I just want to really quick, my son that I'm talking about, because he's such lower functioning, it is, it's harder. It, it is harder for the nonverbals, for the, the individuals who have disabilities and who might be lower functioning for them to be able to say things. So um, it, it really is just paying attention to a lot of the things that they're, indirectly saying to us. So, um, you know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do I matter? And it's just so important what our response is. So anyway, because their response from that will come from there, how we respond. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. This is Real Talk with Tina and Anne, and we look forward to chatting with you again next week. 